HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network since 2009. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Welcome to Spill and Dish, a new podcast from the Specialty Food Association. Founded in 1952, SFA is a leading trade association and source of information about the $194 billion specialty food industry. We champion the food producers, retailers, and other buyers who make up the specialty food world. If you want to know more about membership, visit specialtyfood.com. While on the site, check out our new Maker Prep course, a 12-step online program that will teach you how to take your specialty food product to the next level. In each podcast, we want to share the stories behind the products made and sold by our members who are helping to shape the future of food. You can listen and discover the inspiration, recipe, craft, culture, ingredients, and production methods that help answer the question, what makes specialty food special? I'm today's host, George Hajar, Associate Editor at SFA. We're excited to bring you today's episode and so happy to be working with Heritage Radio Network, a nonprofit podcast network covering the world of food, drink, and agriculture, and expanding the way eaters think about food. We are joined by our guest, Patrick Ford, VP of Ford's Gourmet Foods, the family-owned brand that brings Bone Second Sauce, maker of sauces, rubs, seasonings, all developed from family recipes. Other products from the company include Fire Dancer Nuts, a jalapeno-infused peanut, and Southern Yum Pecan Brittle. Welcome. We're so excited to have you on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me, George. So let's dive right into it. Can you tell us a little bit about the brand? Um, what are your, some, some of your favorite products? Oh, let's see. Um, I did actually bring a couple here today mm-hmm. to um, make it easier on me. Uh, <laughs> the main product that we make is bone sucking sauce. Mm-hmm. And that has been you know, our family recipe um, since the 1980s. And we, uh, it was my uncle's my uncle was copying my grandmother and came up with a better recipe. And then my mom came up with the name and then uh, my dad and my mom took it to market. Mm-hmm. And that's our main product. And then we have our all-purpose seasoning, which is our brand new one. We got um, other seasonings like steak and chicken. We have mustards. Uh, we have one that just won the world championship. So we're very excited about that. And then we have our Fire Dancer peanuts. And then we have our Southern Yum Pecan Brittle, 
which is handmade. Um, and then at this show, we're launching a new item. This mm -hmm. is a place we love to launch an item uh, at this show, but we have an, a bone sucking hot honey and a bone sucking extra hot honey. Mm -hmm. And so I can't wait to let you try those in a little bit. Yeah, that's great. And what, what sort of goes into generally um, the creation of a new product? Oh, wow. Um, mm -hmm. That's actually the, one of the most fun things we do is mm -hmm. we get to, uh, when we have a recipe that we're using at home and we feel like it's good enough that we need to share with other people. Mm -hmm. And not only is it good enough to share with other people, it'll be so good that they will not buy what they were buying before if it was similar, and it won't cannibalize our other items. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to come out with an item just to replace another one of our items. Mm -hmm. um, and if we feel like something is that great, and then we bring it in and we start cooking with it over and over, trying different recipes, um, and just really making sure that it's something that people can make at home and be successful. Mm -hmm. The saddest thing at our place is when we finish testing an item. Because then we're done cooking for a while. And everybody, you know, really enjoys the cooking phase of trying out new things. Mm -hmm. But it, it's got to be so great that people just keep coming back for it. Mm -hmm. That's great. So it sort of starts in the home, just yes. like the brand itself started in the home as well. Yeah, that's, that's it. Great. Yeah. So how has been keeping that, that family-run lifestyle, family-run uh, ethos in yeah. the brand, even as it's gotten bigger? Well, I think um, we all work in the brand. So mm -hmm. it, it's us just, you know... Um, it's so fun because we all have our different things that we do at our company. Mm -hmm. um, my dad is, um, he's the one that gets all the product made. Mm -hmm. My brother was the one that brought, uh, he would help send our other produ our produce trucks out to pick it up and bring it to our warehouse. Mm -hmm. And my mom and I work on labels and marketing and getting product out. So everybody has a place. And when that happens and you have your own lanes, you're able to really do it the best. And so my, my parents have been so great at making sure we all have our own lanes mm -hmm. and we all have our things that we're responsible for mm -hmm. instead of overlapping uh, with other people. So mm -hmm. when you do that, each one of us comes out in the product in a different way. It's kind mm -hmm. of fun. Mm -hmm. That's great. And it's great that you also have such a, um, a strong organizational uh, aspect of it. I know that that can be a difficult point for uh, family owned businesses, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what is it like generally working in a family-owned business? <laughs> um, well, you, you know who each other are. Mm -hmm. You grew up with each other. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And also you take care of each other. Mm -hmm. um, we, we work a lot of hours, um, and so we're very fortunate that we get along. Mm -hmm. And that's if you have dysfunction in your family, you're going to have dysfunction in your family business. Um, so it's, it, we're very fortunate that my parents have always been very structured in what we do. Um, mm -hmm. to be unclear is to be unkind. Mm -hmm. And so everything has a, it's, it's very structured organization, mm -hmm. which it's, there's uh, not a lot of, there's no gray. And yeah. so when there's black and white, it allows everybody to, um, to get along. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you talk about the structure. Um, is there any other advice that you would give uh, family owned businesses, people working for family owned businesses or people um, trying to switch sort of roles and, and um, grow the business? Uh, yeah. Um, when you're at work, you're in the organizational roles. Mm -hmm. When you're at home, be in those roles. Mm -hmm. Don't let the two overlap. Mm -hmm. um, when you get off work, you're off work. Mm -hmm. Don't carry it home and discuss it while you're trying to have Thanksgiving or whatever, you know, meal together. Yeah. Enjoy that time. Yeah. And if you can do both of those well, you'll do well. Mm -hmm. And so you were instrumental in growing the company's consumer base to the point where it's now exporting to over 80 countries. Um, can you talk a little bit about that business strategy? What helped you accomplish this or helped you and your family accomplish this? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, well, uh, this show was mm -hmm. a very big part of it. Our mm -hmm. first export came from this show mm -hmm. uh, back in 94. 
Um, and so that was Harvey Nichols, which is like the Herods, but the, the local version of Herods for England. The buyer came, Mark Lewis, who mm -hmm. is still a great friend, mm -hmm. um, and helped us to export the first you know, product that we were sending out of the country. And in doing that, it kind of allowed us to learn a lot at a slow pace, working with one particular person and then maybe a few more as we grew um, to, to learn the hurdles and the missteps you could take at such a slow pace before we did it on a larger scale. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then in 2003, my mom and I went uh, at the request of a distributor from the UK to come do a specialty food show in London. Mm -hmm. And we did that. And then uh, my mom and I, when we were there, decided that I should come back in a few weeks and follow up on these leads personally. Mm -hmm. So I rented a car and drove, came back three weeks later and, and followed up with these people face to face. Mm -hmm. And when I would walk in and they would ask, where are you from? <laughs> and I would say, North Carolina. And they're like, where's that? And I'm like, okay, United States, uh, in between Miami and New York. <laughs> if you ever see a hurricane, it'll pretty much hit North Carolina before it's over. So just watch it go across the Atlantic. Mm -hmm. um, and so that personal follow-up and, and just the making of friends through this whole process. Mm -hmm. And that's how we did it. And we did it country by country. And then uh, doing the international shows here, this show is huge growth, yeah, growth show for us, for mm -hmm. international. Mm -hmm. um, and then being able to take what we do here and do it at other shows mm -hmm. in other countries. Mm -hmm. it, uh, it helped us to expand. And then working with North Carolina Department of Agriculture, working with SESTA, working with you guys, um, all these organizations that we were able to work with and learn from mm -hmm. have been so instrumental. Yeah, that's great. And so you talked a little bit about the obstacles, the growing pains that you were able to figure out as you were starting small and growing bigger um, with the on the export side. Generally, as a business, what sort of obstacles have has it faced and however they overcome? Well, first is um, labeling. Mm -hmm. It's the nutritional pa uh, panel on a on a food product is a United States nutritional panel. Mm -hmm. Other countries don't have that same advice or that all oh, don't care. Mm -hmm. And uh, not only do they not care, they use a different unit of measure in a lot of them, mm -hmm. and they want us to cover it up. Mm -hmm. So you're going to need uh, to work with somebody that can help you get the in-country information to put over that. Um, that. That was one of the big things. Um, another is we always deal in U.S. dollars. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, we always say we don't want to deal in currency. We deal in barbecue sauce. <laughs> and so um, those are big things. And also we've always had to ask for payment up front, leaving the country. Mm -hmm. Just it's hard enough to collect in America. You don't want to expand that to a different country yeah. and then try and do it there. Mm -hmm. Those are big things. So, and we always say, never be afraid to talk about the money. Mm -hmm. You know, I always say, this is, this is what it costs in us dollars and be proud of your product and know it's going to you know work out well on, uh, for them as well and help them to make money. Mm -hmm. And how do you feel the brand has evolved over time? Oh, wow. That's a fun one. Well, we had one item yeah. and that's all we had. Mm -hmm. And then um, I went to school down in Charleston, South Carolina, and there's a, a market there in Charleston. And there's a, a nice lady that works in the market, Miss Smalls. Um, and Ms., I went to Miss Smalls and asked her if she would sell the sauce. It would be our first out-of-state customer. We were based in North Carolina. And she said, yes, um, two conditions. You give me an exclusive on the Charleston market. And you take my daughter to the dentist and you wait for her. <laughs> so, so I did. And I took uh, her daughter. We're still good friends to this day. And uh, she honored her word and she brought the product in. And in doing that, my mom had a wonderful idea. Never compete against your retailers price wise. Mm -hmm. So when people would go to Charleston, they would fly back to Iowa, Idaho, Wisconsin, wherever 
they would call us to order and then you know when they got there and we would say well this is the price how about you go to your local store and we'll send you a sales kit we'll email it or back that at that time mail it to you mm-hmm. and you take that paperwork to your store and we'll send you a hat if you want to wear a hat we'll send you a t-shirt go in and get them to carry the product for you and then we'll send you a jar for free if you get the store mm-hmm. so we enabled an army of people grassroots all over the place um, to help grow the brand that's great and in doing that miss smalls she was a funny lady. She could tell if you had your hands in your pockets, you weren't going to buy anything. Mm-hmm. And she always said that about my dad. My mom was like touching everything. <laughs> so she said, she's going to buy something. He's not going to buy anything. Just a, a sweet lady. But she started selling a hot. But we didn't have a hot. Mm-hmm. So she would tell people, this is regular and this is hot. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't know until they got home and then they'd call us. So we actually, that helped us to learn that we needed a hot. So then we came out with a hot bone sucking sauce. And that was our first variation and it's Mm -hmm. the same just with some heat to it Mm -hmm. and that gave us the push to start growing and developing new items Mm -hmm. wow that is an amazing story and it's great that you um that the company was able to turn just customers turn the people that are enjoying the the product into brand ambassadors um and really take over the country (laughs) so great (laughs) yeah yeah, that's our budget could afford it Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that's where we were Mm -hmm. um Bringing it a little bit more to um, like the current era, this current period of economic uncertainty, how has your company navigated uh, this time? Well, um, take care of our customers mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. be consistent mm-hmm. and give them something that they can keep their doors open by mm-hmm. selling. Um, you know, they, they depend on the items in their store to make their payroll, to make their rent. And we are so sensitive to that. Um, we have to take care of our customers mm-hmm. and they take care of their customers and mm-hmm. their team members. Um, so that that's one thing is we're always consistent and they can count on us to get their bills paid because we're going to make sure they have something to sell. Mm-hmm. No matter you know how much time or what it takes us to make it happen, we're going to make it happen. So, that's great. And what we do now too is from the brand ambassador side, we have a on our website where people can download the information now. So we've, we've gone on to sustainable with having it you know, electronically available. Mm-hmm. And that's for customers worldwide. They can download sales kits or uh, recipes, store signs, all from our website, from our wholesale store support side. Mm-hmm. So that's been real nice in helping them to yeah. stay current and also market the products. Mm-hmm. That's great. And you speak a lot about um, maintaining these positive relationships with stores, with your brand ambassadors, with people that you partner with. Do you have any advice for people who might be looking to maintain uh, these relationships or start up these relationships? It'll be the best thing you could ever do. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. These are my friends. These these are all of our friends, our family friends. That um, That's the most proud thing we are about our business are the people that we've met and, and worked with and grown with over this. Mm-hmm. And that's that. if you take and, do, and, and learn it from that side or go from that angle, you'll enjoy every minute of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. So what's on the horizon for the company? Wow. Well, always a lot of fun things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, New thing for this show is mm-hmm. we're launching here. Um, you're one of the first to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and Julie mm-hmm. uh, is our bone sucking hot honey mm-hmm. and our bone sucking extra hot honey. Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited to let you two try that and mm-hmm. see what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, but as as we evolve and grow, um, there'll be a whole lot of things hopefully on the horizon for us. And mm-hmm. we listen to our customers. You know that's and they'll they'll let us know. A lot of times they have used the product more than we have. Mm-hmm. And they'll teach us about it. Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. just listen to them, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, so what has been the biggest surprise about getting involved in the specialty food trade in general? 
Oh, wow. Lots of surprises. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, the amount of learning, I think, is one of the surprising things. You constantly are learning. The market is constantly changing. There's new people growing up, new people using your product. People are getting older. Nothing stays the same. And if you want to learn and you enjoy learning, the food business is a great business to be in because mm-hmm. it's never the same. <laughs> and um, is there anything that you want people to know about the brand they, they might not know already? Uh, that we care and mm-hmm. we want to hear from them and we need their help in growing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. We're almost out of time, but before you go, we'd like you to participate in our final segment, Take Five, five questions for our guest. First, let's pause and take a break. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick with multiple locations in New York City, Long Island, and Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Hello again, and welcome back. I'm George Hajar of SFA, speaking with Patrick Ford of Ford's Gourmet Foods. Okay, here are your five questions for our final segment. Take five. One, what is your favorite thing about the specialty food industry? The people. Two, what's one thing that the SFA has made easier for you as a specialty food business owner? Bringing all of these customers and friends together in one place so we can have lots of conversations in a brief amount of time. Three, if you weren't running a business, what would you be doing? Looking for a business to run. Four, what's one piece of advice you'd give a new food business? Go at the speed of cash. Mm-hmm. Don't get in over your head. Don't finance and leverage it, and then you'll enjoy it more. Five, how do you define specialty food? People. And I, and I, I don't mean just people, but all the things that different people and walks of life bring together uh, to enjoy together. Mm-hmm. A big thanks to Patrick Ford for joining us today. And you can find out more about this show at specialtyfood.com and heritageradionetwork.org. And remember to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Come back often to get to know the people who are shaping the future of food. Special thanks to Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. This is Spill and Dish, a Specialty Food Association podcast. Spill and Dish, a Specialty Food Association podcast, is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.